There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivyandtracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K, to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website, listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Having a good week. Well, sort of a good week. You? I mean, maybe a better week than you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy that our TikTok is taking off again. Yes, I know. Zibby and Tracy on TikTok for anyone listening who wants to check it out. We're still going viral. One of our videos has almost 2 million views, which is insane. (laughs) I know. It is just ridiculous. Thank God that they're allowing them on. And the other thing I wanted to say was that we're getting tons of questions in, which is fantastic. But some of the questions are quite similar to the topics that we've already done. So it doesn't mean that we're not going to answer your question. It just means that it'll happen a little bit later on. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the same thing all the time sort of thing. But we do have loads and loads of questions to get through. So thank you for sending them in. It's fantastic. Lots of questions from men as well. I know. So men obviously listen to Amazing. This. I know. I'm wondering if we should like collect the questions and post them somewhere because they're very interesting questions, you know? It might yes, be interesting. Some of them are very interesting. Right? <laughs> they definitely <laughs> spice up the workday for Tracy and me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but if you want to submit your own question, you go to sextalkwithzibbyandtracy.com, S-E-X, T-O-K, or just go to sextalkpod.com, S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D, sextalkpod.com, and you can enter your own question. So yeah, we're always interested and definitely read everyone and hang on every word. (laughs) Okay. So we have three questions and a sex tip for today per usual. First question, Tracy, ready? Yep. Okay. I find sex at best uncomfortable, at worst outright painful. How do I make it more enjoyable? I have seen my doctor and he doesn't seem to think there's anything obviously wrong. I'm 32 and haven't had children. Okay. Well, nearly all of us feel pain at some point. I mean, I don't think there's a woman alive who hasn't sort of gone out at some point during intercourse. But I think that consistent pain that, you know, consistent pain, like you said, it's gone from being slightly uncomfortable to outright Outright painful. painful. It shouldn't really be going to outright painful. Now, like I said, 75%, according to the US College of Gynecology and Obstetrics, how do you go? I can never say that word. Obstetrics. Still can't say it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, they say 75% of, of people have pain on intercourse. But I still think, even though your doctor has said there's nothing wrong, I would definitely get a second opinion and I would ask to see a gynecologist because it is not normal to have outright painful sex at 32. It really isn't. 
So having said that, you are not alone. A study of 7,000 women in the UK found that one in 10 British women find sex painful. That is extraordinary. And it's the same in the US. They did a study on women aged 16 to 24, so young women, and they said the same thing. One in 10 found sex painful. So the myth that it only happens post-menopause is just not true. Lots of women find sex painful. Now, the most common reasons are vaginal dryness, anxiety before sex and not enjoying sex. And of course, they are all linked because if you're anxious about sex and you don't enjoy it, well, you're not going to lubricate naturally and you will have vaginal dryness. So there are loads of other reasons why sex might be painful to you. For you, it might be medication, it might be endometriosis, it might be if you've had an STI or even if you've got a yeast infection, if you've got thrush, that can all make sex painful. But I'll focus on the main three because they're the ones that affect most people. So vaginal dryness is hormonal. So if it if that is the reason, it generally happens, it's more painful at some times of the month more than other times of the month. And the thing is about all of this is that the female body, the vagina and the vulva, you have to be prepared for sex. It's almost like you have to switch into sex mode if, if sex is not going to be painful. Because what happens when you get aroused and when, when you have foreplay, all the blood rushes to the genitals, it engorges, it expands and it lubricates. So it makes you ready to have this thing put inside you that you're, you know, that that you're not really expecting the rest of the time. So if you don't have foreplay and you're not aroused, it's going to hurt. So it is not a luxury foreplay. It is an essential. And this is why every time on television, when I see them within two seconds flat going from kissing to penetration, it's like, look, in real life, the woman wouldn't be throwing her head back in ecstasy. She'd be screaming with pain. It hurts if you don't prepare the body. So that is the most important thing to do if you're having painful sex is make sure you're aroused. So are you having enough foreplay? Are you getting aroused enough? Does your partner, does whatever they're doing to you, do you like it? Do you need to look at telling him what to do to make it you know, better for you? Do you know what turns you on and off? Do you masturbate regularly? Do you know your body? This is all very important if sex is painful for you. Now, the other thing is, Really, I think every single person should always use a good quality lubrication whenever they have sex because, you know, saliva just doesn't cut it, okay? So some women are just naturally really wet, that's fine, but most women aren't. So use lube, and if you don't have any lube, if you've run out, don't have sex. Make it that much of an essential. So lube is an essential, not a luxury. You could also investigate a vaginal moisturiser. They're different than lubes because you put them in usually insert them at night, and they're just basically a moisturiser for your vulva to make sure that everything feels nice and comfortable. Now, the other main reason is tense vaginal muscles. Now, it's sort of like what came first, the chicken before the egg, because if you're anticipating pain, of course you're going to be tense, right? But the other reason you can get tense vaginal muscles is if you're not getting on with your partner, because our body you know, you can't separate sex and love. If you're having rubbish time in your relationship and you're not getting on, your body is not going to be welcoming to sex. It just isn't. It sort of does the job for you and says, why should you have sex with him? He's not being very nice to you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of that going on. So how's your, you know, relationship? Is that all in a, a good state? Because, of course, the extreme end of tense vaginal muscles is vaginismus, which is when the vagina involuntary goes into such a, a sort of spasm 
And it actually makes and tightens so much that penetration is virtually impossible. Like it is really impossible. So is there any reason that, you know, any issues with your relationship? Do you need to relax before sex? Should you have a bath? You know, what makes you connect with your partner? Is it that you need to talk more? Is it things like this? Anyone who has, sometimes it can be just that you're a bit of a bad fit. He's got a big penis. You've got a very small vaginal canal. And if that's the case, you can use what's called vaginal dilators. And you can buy them online. They're not expensive. And they're just little thin tubes. They're made of um, they're made of either medical grade plastic or silicone. And you start off with the smallest one and you work up to the biggest one. And they literally just stretch, you know, comfortably stretch the vaginal wall. So then you're able to take a penis. And general tips is always take time to relax into sex. Don't let anyone hurry you into it. To make sure that you arouse is the big, big, big thing that I'm trying to get across here. And choose positions which don't involve deep penetration. Now, that means you on top or you in control. Or if you want him on top, keep your legs together and have his legs on the outside of your legs, right? It's the opposite to what everybody normally does. It sounds like it's unworkable, but it's not. And it actually works really well for a lot of women because it means that his penis actually slides over the clitoral, the clitoris more effectively than it does normally. So everyone should try that position. The other thing is sex toys. Now, sex toys are fantastic because if you have an orgasm before penetration, it can make sex far less painful. So you might want to do that, you know, quickly with a vibrator. The other thing is penetrative vibes that you can use, insert, sorry, insert them and then use them to massage inside and around the vaginal wall. Now, if you do this regularly, that will really, really help. And it really helps if you do that before penetration. The other two things that are real game changers is to change the way you thrust. So ditch the normal in-out, in-out thing. Instead, keep your hips closed and grind in a circular motion and you might want to consider buying a buffer. Now, we've talked about these before. They're just squidgy little rings that sit down on the base of the penis and they stop him, they physically stop him going in too deep. Because we all know, you know, if you say, if you have had painful sex, you say to your partner, look, this is quite painful. Can you keep it shallow and light? In the moment of orgasm, all goes out the window and suddenly it hurts like hell. So this stops him. Even if he loses control, this actually stops him. And the best one is called an O-Nut, O-H-N-U-T. And I actually do a product in my range, which you can also use it's called the Edge Mini Good Head Stroker, and you can find that on my website, tracycox.com. So it's 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 not actually marketed as a buffer, but it does work really well as that. But the two crucial takeaways here are get a second opinion, definitely, if you're having painful sex, and make sure you are aroused. That is the biggest thing that you can do to make sex less painful. So who who has time for all this stuff? This is my question. Well, I mean, it, it sounds ideal, right? Like it just sounds mm-hmm. great. Yes, I'm going to take a bath and then do whatever else and, you know, get totally... It, I feel like yeah. in order... You've also said keep up the frequency if you can. And like we have all this mm-hmm. competing information flowing at, at us at all times. And sometimes yeah. all of that preamble is just not in the cards. I think what you need to do is that, first of all, if you're having really painful sex, it it immediately goes up your priority list to something that needs to be fixed. So you drop something else that's probably not so important. And yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, if you do have painful sex, this is the problem, really. This is why we're having problems with sex, because we're rushing everything. We've got too much going on in our lives that we don't have time, yeah, to sit there and massage our inner, you know, vulva with a a vibrator. But sadly, that is the things that work. 
They really are. We're so used to being able to take a pill or do something quickly, an instant solution. And it's not. It, it, it means that if you're going to have sex and, you, and you've got, you know, things going on that make it painful for you, you have to have foreplay. So that's time. And if you... You know, if every single time you're having sex is bloody awful and you're shooting through the roof, then you make time to do that massaging with the vibrator and doing all that. And things like the the, the buffers you just buy and they you use them every time. Changing thrusting, that's easy. Yeah, dilators, yeah, that's time consuming. I mean, honestly, it takes a lot more time to get divorced than. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that takes yes. a that takes True. a hell of a lot of time, and it takes mm. a lot more time to get over being cheated on. If you're having, right? So all these things actually, time will find you, I guess, if you don't take time in the right places. That's true. It really is true. And it sounds like I'm giving a lot of information. It does sound like, oh my God, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. But really, most people would, from that, pick one thing. Like you're probably not going to need a vaginal dilator unless, you know, you're really, really tight and really, really small. So a lot of the things, yeah, but that's the answer to that. I mean, listen, we're all guilty to it. I'm I'm sitting here sometimes with my nose growing because I have troubles with painful sex and I should really be doing all the massaging and stuff, but I don't. And I should. Do you know how many things are on our should list like every single day? Like it's very easy to just have all these things fall completely off. The, these don't even like make yeah, it yeah. on the bottom of the list. <laughs> these are like, I'm not even, this is so far from the list. <laughs> but again, yeah. you know, some of these things, if you don't make time for it, they, they, you will find time when you get in fights. Yes, exactly. Fights take yeah, time you'll have plenty of time stuff. to do the massaging when you don't have sex anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, Okay. All right. Well, that was very interesting. Okay. Question number two. Okay. We used to kiss all the time. And by the way, Tracy, you should see me because I'm literally like sitting up here in my bedroom and I have all my kids in the house and house guests and all this stuff. And before I had my volume (laughs) turned all the way up and you're screaming here about like vaginal dryness and I'm like leaning forward, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) volume down, volume down, volume down. (laughs) Anyway, it's so funny. I don't even know what they hear. I'm like a horrible mother. Okay. We used to kiss all the time, but just three years in, it's all gone. I really miss it. How do I get it back again? We don't even kiss during sex anymore. Do other long Long-term couples still kiss using their tongues? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Well, kissing is the first thing to go in a long-term relationship, I have to say. And in the beginning, we kiss to signal that we want sex and, you know, high attraction is really high. And if you're really attracted to somebody, you can't help putting your face near theirs. And so all these things happen. But what happens over time is that 
we couples go into this sort of sexual shorthand. We we very quickly discover what the trigger points are for each other, what their what our bodies do, what the other person needs to orgasm. And before you know it, that 40-minute sex session is cut down to 10 minutes, right? Because we've learned to cut all the corners, which is not a good thing, but as you've just said, necessary if you want to get on with the rest of your life. But even so, studies show that while spontaneous kissing goes down with time, kissing during sex remains pretty constant. So you kiss as much during sex than you do, you know, 10 years on than you did right in the very beginning, right? So that's quite interesting, I thought. And we do know that most couples do, yes, still kiss with tongues, still do erotic kissing. And I have to say, it is unusual the kissing to stop full pelt across the whole relationship three years in. Three years in is not very long into a relationship. So without wanting to alarm you, studies basically, I looked at a lot of different studies and across the board, the less a couple kiss, the less often they have sex and the lower their marital satisfaction, right? And I have to check again whether there's anything going on in your relationship because another prime factor that stops people kissing is anger. Mm. If you feel angry with your partner, it's if you want to get close to them. You don't want your face anywhere near their face, right? So anger and resentment, always the toxic, you know, toxic thing. So I don't know. I'm not getting the vibe, though, from the way you've written this letter that that is the problem. But you don't give details. So what I'd like to know is, is it that he you try and kiss him and he bobs you off? Or is it that he always was the one that instigated kissing and now he stopped doing that? Because if it's him who was always the instigator of kissing, he's just stopped, well, the first thing you need to do is let him know that you actually like it. Because in relationships, you know, with sex and kissing and practically everything, you have to take turns in instigating things. Otherwise, your partner very much gets the the signal that you aren't interested in doing it. So it could be that if you don't instigate, he's always the one that he thinks, well, she doesn't like doing that anymore. And so that's why he stopped doing it. And the other, what seems obvious to couples who communicate well, but often isn't to people who don't, have you actually asked him why the kissing has stopped. Have you actually said to him, look, I've noticed we don't kiss anymore. We used to do it all the time. I really miss it. Especially if you have tried kissing him and he fobs you off. So he will have a reason. And sometimes, I mean, lots of guys don't actually like kissing very much. So it could be that he's just not that interested but didn't realise how important it was for you. There is another reason why he might not be kissing you, which is a bit delicate. How's your breath? Mm. So that's the other thing. I mean, if the relationship's good and there's no other reason to explain this, you know, are you drinking enough water? Have you been to the dentist? Have you got anything going on there? So make sure that your breath is nice. But, you know, just ask him outright why and explain to him that you like kissing and, and tackle it head on. Now, a cute little study that I found, and this is a bit, it's one of those studies where what came first, the chicken or the egg, but men who kiss their wives before, le- before leaving for work live five years longer have fewer car accidents and earn a higher income than men who don't. Now, that just basically says to me, men who are in a happy marriage, right? Yeah. And um, and evolutionary-wise, you know, kissing has a function like everything else. The first kiss that you have with, with somebody that you've just met is you're basically doing a biological business card swap because the first kiss, all your olfactory systems check that everything's going to be right. They're like, will they make good kids? No, that gene's not good. No, 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 we don't want a match of that. And if you're not going to be a good genetic match. Your body puts you off. They won't smell right. They won't taste right. It will do everything in its power. Yes, it's fascinating. Seriously? Yes, everything in its power to stop you getting together. 
you know when you have you ever gone out with somebody and really fancied somebody and then kissed them and gone oh yeah and there's been nothing wrong with their technique that's exactly what it is it's that genetically you're not a great match that's crazy it is and it's true though I used to do loads on body language it's fascinating so fascinating and the other reason why we kiss long term is because it releases the flow of oxytocin So it's a bonding hormone. So the more you kiss, the more bonded that you are. So there is a function to kissing. So we should be doing it more. But it is the first thing to go, I have to say. Proper kissing. Do you remember in Pretty Woman with Julie Roberts? Yes. You know how she won't, as a prostitute, like kiss, and then it's only when she falls in love that she kisses? Yeah. I feel like there's something to that, right? (laughs) There is. And actually, I've interviewed lots of sex workers, and I've asked them whether they kiss or not, and they said they try not to. So same. Yeah, it is very intimate, isn't it? Yeah. Kissing. So how to keep yourself from feeling like a sex worker in your marriage? <laughs> Up the kissing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with sex workers. No, oh. not, 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 I just said not to feel oh, like one in your own marriage, right? That's yes, not a good true. thing. You should feel no, like it's probably it, not you know. a good thing. Okay. Yeah. My partner takes, uh, this is the third question. My partner takes Viagra just for fun, quote unquote. He doesn't need it. He's only 32 and doesn't have erection problems. But I feel, but I think he likes the feeling of being really hard. I can't get through your cards. But I think he <laughs> likes the feeling of being really hard. I worry it's not good for him and that he will become reliant. He says he's been using it on and off for years. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like tinkering with the questions to make them even worse. You do this to me. You do this on purpose. I reckon I do. Might be a little sneaky. (laughs) Now, Viagra is a huge problem. And there is a problem with young men because male anxiety is on the rise generally. And when you couple this with porn and the pharmaceutical companies, it's almost like a perfect storm. And the reason why is that in porn, Men have instant erections and they have lasting erections. They don't go up and down. They've always got a really hard erection and that's just how it is. The reason why that is the case is because nearly all men who perform porn, even the amateurs, have taken a Viagra, right? If you look at porn back in the day, pre-Viagra, and now there is a massive difference, right? So, But men who watch tons of porn don't realise this. And even if they realise it on an intellectual level, there is something primal about them just Men worry so much about their penises, I cannot tell you. So they're watching all this porn where the erections are hard, they never go down. And meanwhile, the pharmaceutical companies are bombarding them with, take this pill, this will give you a rock star penis. Take this pill, this will make you really hard. And most young men can't resist it, okay? Now, the thing about Viagra, it can be very useful in lots of scenarios, but it reinforces bad sex and bad habits. And it, it but, you know, it, it sort of continues this myth that you need a hard penis to have great sex and that women want hard penises. And if sex is painful, by the way, you don't want a hard penis, a very hard one. And it promotes the whole thing about that intercourse is the whole point of sex, blah, 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 which we know that I hate. Now, pre-Viagra, before we had all these erectile dysfunction drugs, Men kind of accepted that you've got a harder penis when you were younger and as you got older, it wasn't so hard. Men accepted that if you were drunk or stressed or tired, that their erections weren't as as good as when they're not stressed and tired and not been drinking. Men also knew that during a sex session, erections aren't constant. They go up and down. Like if he takes a break to give you oral sex, then during that period of time, you're normally not, you know, he's not getting any stimulation. So it's natural that when he's finished, his erection might not be as strong, but the minute you stimulate him, it comes back. That used to be the way of the world in the good old days, right? Pre-Viagra. Now, none of this happens in porn because all the men take Viagra. So men, honestly, have 
young guys don't know what it used to be like. They haven't been brought up with this environment where that's how a normal penis behaves. So what young men do when their penis is, you know, disappointingly normal, they get bombarded by all of this. And some of loads of people who party really hard with party drugs use Viagra because, you know, if you do coke and you can't drink, well, then you and you want to have sex at the end, you take a Viagra and you make sure you have an erection. So they do what this guy probably did and just take it just that one time. And it might be, you know, because he wanted to impress you, because he knew he was going to be drinking, because he's tired or just wants to try it out. So then he has sex, has his really hard penis. Next time round, erection is disappointingly normal and he he sort of thinks oh well maybe this time just as a treat I'll do it again it's a bit like a sleeping pill you take the sleeping pill one time you have a great sleep wake up next night you're all anxious because you didn't take the pill and the anxiety keeps you asleep and before you know it you're psychologically addicted to the drug and studies show that recreational use of Viagra does indeed lead to psychological dependence it makes men less confident about their erections and another thing is that men who take it for fun who don't have to take Viagra, take more. They're known to take more. Now, what Viagra does, it increases blood flow, but it doesn't just increase blood flow to your penis, it increases it to your heart, to your brain, everywhere. And not only will he, you know, might end up with some awful pounding post-Viagra headache, he might end up having a heart attack. Because that's the other thing, is that men who take it for fun aren't prescribed it by their doctors. They haven't been tested because, of course, blood flow problems to your penis means you also could have blood flow problems to your heart or anywhere else. It's a symptom of so many other things. So it's just a recipe for disaster, really. And one final study that they did in Florence, they got healthy men who didn't need Viagra to take a Viagra or a placebo. And guess what? The people who took the placebo said, yes, my erection was quicker, it was harder, it was better. And they'd taken the placebo. Mm. It's all psychological. So if you are serious with this guy, you need to sort of tell him all about this, normalise a normal penis and a normal erection. And just, I mean, if he doesn't want to go cold turkey, then just wean himself off it, you know, like once every second go or, you know, once every third go until he gets used to, again, having a very normal erection. But it is a real problem. This is a real problem, honestly. And young women who are coming up through the ranks with these all these guys taking Viagra, they have no clue what a normal erection is either. So the poor guy who doesn't do Viagra, they're saying, oh, hang on, this is, you know, you're not very hard. What's going on here? It's just an awful, awful lose-lose scenario. Wow. I know. Well, all this you have to talk to your daughters about. Yeah, and maybe address the cocaine problem while you're there, you know? Yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing to do, Zip. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just call you Zip then. Yeah. Shorten if you have gotten into a relationship with someone doing loads of cocaine and taking Viagra all the time, maybe just pause and evaluate this. Just, just yes. saying. Just saying. Okay, no judgment. Just, you know. Okay, yeah. sex tip of the week. Right, the sex tip is actually a question that I'm turning into a tip because we got somebody who wrote in and said, what's the best product for a woman to use to make sure she smells and tastes fresh? Well, the short answer is there is no product because a healthy vagina smells just fine. It's got a slightly musky odour, but most lovers find that erotic. And the thing is, like, do you remember back in the day vaginal deodorants were the big thing? Do you remember that? I remember as I was growing up. And yeah. I mean, if you ever, could you imagine licking an armpit after you put deodorant on there? Yuck. <laughs> Absolutely revolting. Now, the big thing now. I'll just pause it, giant... licking an armpit. I'm going to stop you right there, <laughs> regardless of whether or not there's deodorant. But anyway, keep going. 
<laughs> but vaginal melts are the big thing now. And they're suppositories that are like full of natural oils. And it always kills me whenever people say it's all natural. Like you won't get a reaction. It's all natural. Well, stinging nettles are natural. They, this whole all natural thing is such a rubbish Stupid thing to say. Anyway, these suppository vaginal melts, you put them up inside you, they melt, they've got stuff to make you smell nice and all this sort of stuff. And you're meant to do them just before you have sex. Now, the problem with them is that they're not regulated at all. Anything could be in those vaginal melts. And most of the time, there is stuff in there that just simply irritates the hell out of your delicate pH balance in the vagina. You end up with all sorts of infections and irritations and, you know, they're just really not good news. Now, I'm sure there are probably one or two out there that are medically approved, maybe, that are okay, but I would really avoid it. If you want a really healthy smelling vagina, just use a soap-free cleanser. That is the one thing. Invest in a soap-free cleanser, okay? That's a, you know, they're, they're not expensive at all. Wash regularly, wear cotton underwear, try not to wear tight jeans all the time. And that is all you need to do to have a healthy vulva, healthy, smelling, tasting vagina. Now, if you're doing all that and something is a bit of strain, it smells funny, it means you've got some kind of infection. So off to the doctor you go. Excellent. What do you think about all those sticks that you can use in the pharmacy where you don't have to actually go to the doctor? You know how you can like diagnose yourself all the time? No? Oh, I think they're fine, actually. I don't know, just wondering. Yeah, I think they're absolutely they're like fine. all over I the think aisles. they're home testing. And yeah. do you know what else is that lots of people will just won't go. They're too embarrassed to do it with their doctors. So better to have those tests. However, they might not be quite as, what's the word, you know, reliable. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah, reliable. But I'd rather somebody do that than not do anything at all. Okay. So awesome. That's what I think about that. Well, Tracy, can I just say again how pleased I am to learn all these things from you each week <laughs> and how much research you do. You're so prepared and it's like... Every week, it's a whole article. You know, it's great. These are all, they could all be individual, you know, little articles you write. So, you know, it's just, oh, thank you. you know, very prepared. I love it. It's, you know, first class. Well, it's it's always, great. Always fun to, thank you very much. I love doing it. And, and I do choose questions that I find interesting myself. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Oh, all right. You. Well, until next week, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.